We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and Aboriginal elders emerging. The Vale Podcast, driven by pioneer Ford Robin the Vale. It's worth the drive. You know when you talk that everybody oh, sorry, sorry. can hear you? Yeah, sorry. Twit. <laughs> How are you, Chalutz? Uh Good. That's good. good. I'm so glad. And yourself, Jay? Um, I'm struggling with spring, to be honest. Oh, I always struggle good. with spring. And everyone's always like, oh, I can't wait for winter to be over. I love winter. More so. Uh, well, no, spring, spring and autumn are my favourite. <sighs> yeah, but I love winter because I love the snow. But spring, for me, means hay fever and magpies. And I hate yeah. both. And I suffer from both of them. What, the team? Collingwood, yes. Everyone hates them. Well, that too. Where's Donny? Where's Donny when you need him? <laughs> Hang on. Oh, there he is. It's a good. You can hear it. Yeah. No, well, I was pressing it, but the music's playing as well. Um, yeah. So I'm not. I'm struggling with spring, to be fair, and just because I didn't never know what to wear because of the weather. Started out cold so yesterday and ended up being twenty odd degrees. Twenty nine. Mm. That's warm and dusty. I don't appreciate yeah. that. No. Um, I've got to do an update of Luke's 42K total. What is the total? Do you want a drum roll? <sighs> no. I don't I don't know. Know. Not one stick. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Great. Thanks. <laughs> no, it is $36,325.75. Where's your button? Oh, soz. Yeah. There you go. That one? Or were yeah. you after this one? No, the round of applause. The round of applause, yeah. So he's doing really well. And that is um, without adding in the bag of change that Yak and Donna have donated. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Have you counted that yet? (laughs) No, but Donna did. And there's 400 odd dollars in there that's come out of Yak's jock drawer. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny, but no, I haven't. Um, it's still sitting in the esky bag it was delivered in. <laughs> but we'll get there. I'll leave that up well, to the RDHS girls to count. Or the yeah, guys. they'll love that. Yeah, they'll love that. I'm Just sure they will. Yeah. Here you go. Like they have nothing else to do. To do. Yeah, nothing no, else to do. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, yes. So we have our Are You OK Day live podcast coming up next week. Do you want to tell us about that? Uh, yes, I do want to tell you about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go there. So it's, um, well, well, firstly, uh, hopefully everyone's um, – what are you looking at? I'm looking at your T-shirt. What is that on your T-shirt? Sorry, I don't mean to be dist- – What the sock? Uh, it's just a T-shirt I found and I liked it. That's creeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Anyway. As you were saying – yeah, so uh, getting back to it, everyone needs to go to either the Facebook page and they can follow the link there or um, the website, which is respreventioncomau Yes. Yes. Uh, that's exactly what it is. And uh, so next Thursday is a live event. What you need to do is log on, uh, register for the event, and it's five bucks, but it goes to, um, well, it's going to split Are You OK and also... Uh, the rest network. So hopefully we make a bit of cash uh, so we can get these kind of things up and about. So I don't know, have, we've talked about rest before, the Rumbal Houston Suicide Prevention. Yeah, we've touched on it here and there. But do you mm. want to explain what it is, seeing you're the chairperson? 
Yeah, so what we're, what we're trying to do is, it's, we're not uh, the people that you're coming to talk to, but we're the people that can direct you into the right area mm. for you to... So we're kind of collating all the services around uh, and saying, like, you know, this is come to our website or come to our Facebook page and hopefully you'll find some way. And as we'll, as we'll talk about later, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's always different... Um, there's always different uh, places you can go. So if you're not getting the joy out of where you think you should, well, what you should be getting out of something like, like you might ring Beyond Blue and uh, you might, that might be for you. Uh, you might want to see a face-to-face person. So, um, you know, uh, go and see a counsellor at the Rumbale uh, RDHS. It's doing some really great things. So Yeah, so anyway, next Thursday is a live event. And um, we'll talk about who's coming in later, I think. Uh, we'll say who's going to come in and have a chat with us. What we want to do is uh, generally it's just having, starting a conversation. Mm. Uh, and obviously it's going to be a heavy topic. It's not going to be, well, it will be some lighthearted stuff, but uh, mainly talking about people's lived experiences uh, around suicide, I suppose, and yeah. mental health. Yeah, that's it. And we've got some locals and we've also got a former AFL legend coming in to talk And about there's it. goodies to be won. Yeah. Well, not won. They're just giveaways. Because it's a ticketed event. Like we couldn't do a gold coin donation because it would cost us more in PayPal fees to do that. So it's a $5 ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And that gets you an entry into the prize draw. So there'll be pri- lucky prize draw, lucky door prizes throughout the night. Well, actually, I've got to talk to Irish. Have you talked to Irish? Yeah, Irish was at Network House earlier. He's at Network House just about every day, but he did ask where he needs to bring the guitar. That's one of the major yes. prizes, yeah. And if anybody and else wants to donate some prizes, from, feel free. Uh, Rumbell State have donated uh, something for us, which is good. Yeah, one of their hampers. Yeah, mm. uh, they, uh, Ralph dropped it off the other day and was, uh, looks pretty cool. Excellent. Uh, and there's a heap of value okay stuff. I've got a footy, uh, there's a basketball, a few cups. Couple of bickies. Yeah. We might eat um, them. Yeah, there was some 42K stuff. Yes, there's a 42K. <laughs> I think there's a couple of hats and a few T-shirts and stuff like that. Speaking yeah. of which, we're running low on merchandise. So if you want to acquire some 42K merch and support the cause in that way, you should jump onto the website and do that swiftly, I would suggest. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, get on the website or the Facebook page and uh, join because it'll be good. Mm. We're going to talk to Leon about all things basketball in just one second. If you've got a family, you're probably as busy at home as you are at work, which is why it's smart to rely on a Ford SUV to keep your family moving. Like the seven-seat Ford Everest Trent rear-wheel drive for only $55,990 drive away. Plus, get up to three years free scheduled servicing until September 30. So move it and get to your participating Ford dealer now. Recommended price. T's and C's apply. See ford.com.au for details. Charlie, you can do And we're back. No, you need to do the website, pineyford.com.au. That one, yeah. And then (laughs) then we're back, pineyford.com. I should have lined Leon up to do it. How are you, Leon? Wait, he's just, were you going somewhere? Am I interrupting you? No, no, sorry. Just one of the boys have walked in, so I was just going to say hello. Oh, well. How are we doing? Feel free to (laughs) stop. One of the boys. Is that Travis? <laughs> <laughs> Travis Walker. That's Travis. <laughs> Come in and say hello, Noah. How are you? How yeah, are Noah? you? There you go. Yeah, good, sir. Hey, Noah, did you guys have a call with Paul Kelly yesterday? 
Yeah, I wasn't here for that though. Oh, what? Oh. The yeah, Paul Kelly. Yeah, the Paul Kelly, like legendary Australian musician Paul Kelly. Whoa. Yeah, well, I know. Where were you ah, if you? It wasn't Noah. It wasn't Noah. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Yeah, here's a photo of our boys with Paul Kelly. <laughs> on Zoom. Yeah, thanks, Trav. <laughs> Good to see uh, Trav's level of maturity hasn't improved over COVID. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to find things to do here. So, uh, yeah, that's where that's where his mind's at. Are so, the kids still dropping in, Leon? Yeah, yeah. So we've got about um, oh, 10 of our boys on site, but 60 yeah. kids all up. So, yeah, there, there's still a few here. Oh, I was talking about this at school council a couple of weeks ago. Students need to be approved to actually attend school, though, at the moment, don't they? Uh, yeah, yep. So depending on sort of their circumstances, um, then that goes to sort of um, our principal and then she ticks it off, so who ha- who's allowed to attend. So, mm. yeah, it's quite strict at the moment. Last time was a bit bit more lenient. Um, we had a few more kids on in, uh, in school grounds, but, yeah, this one's got a bit more strict. Yeah. So, Noah, what are you busy doing at the moment that caused you to pull, uh, miss the Paul Kelly call yesterday? Um, nothing. Oh. <laughs> Forgot about it. Oh. He was he was lucky enough to talk to the Governor-General, so we give him a miss this time oh, and let some enough. other boys have an opportunity. That's fair enough, and that's pretty exciting. For a political nerd like myself, I was pretty excited when I saw that come up on Facebook. How did you cope? Were you nervous or did you just have that kind of, I don't even know who this guy is or what his job role is? Kind of both. I was a bit nervous, but I still didn't even know who he was. <laughs> you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be alone. Do you know what the Governor-General's role is, Charlie? Yeah. Go. He, he looks after, like he's our, the Queen's representative. Ooh. Oh. All right. Wow. Did you what? just did you just Google that? Have you got Google up on another? <laughs> no. Oh, hey, I, I watched The Crown on Netflix. Oh. <laughs> I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> of course. All right. Yeah. Fine. I'll pay that. Hey, one. hey, Noah. Do you even know who uh, Paul Kelly is? Though, is it a lot before your time? No, no idea. He was there. Yeah. So, with some of our boys that jumped on, we had to do a bit of research. Um, they didn't know who Paul Kelly was, but then we started playing some of the songs, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, I know yeah. that one." To a door, it's a classic. How <laughs> to make gravy? Who's gonna make the gravy? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> our our Clontarf motto is uh, "From little things, big things grow." So, the oh yeah, that Paul song Kelly song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. Wow, that's awesome. How did you line that up? Was that an academy thing? It was an, All the academies joined in on that, didn't they? Um, so that was just for Victoria. I think um, there's a – we just call on all our sort of relationships that we know and he felt a little bit sorry for um, Victoria now yeah. that we've been in lockdown for so long. So Again, yeah. we're the lepers in Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he thought he'd um, give a bit of cheer and um, we've got a couple others sort of lined up in the in the pipelines for – Few weeks down the track, so Eddie Betts is on board as well. To no way, Zoom chat. Settle down, Charlie. Do you just yeah, want to I'm turn pretty, your camera? I'm off pretty excited about that one. <laughs> you can turn can your I camera come? off for a bit. <laughs> we'll have to get you to sign in at the school, mate. Take your temperature, and uh, you'll be yeah. able to come on in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Who else have you got lined up? Um, they're the only ones at the moment, oh. but our head office in Melbourne, um, they're pulling all their strings to sort of get a few other people lined up to uh, come in and 
spread some cheer to our Victorian boys. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That's tremendous. I was very envious the last two little bits of on Facebook that I've seen you guys having Zoom chats with. I've gone from political nerd excitement to rock star nerd excitement. And I've only managed to see in my, you know, in my years of going to musical gigs and concerts, I've only managed to see Paul Kelly live once and that was at the grand final last year. I saw him at the Denny Ute Muster. <laughs> nice. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Well, you do it at the Denny Ute Muster. That was going to be my question. What was he doing at the Denny Ute Muster? I asked myself the exact same question. <laughs> oh, Charles. Oh, Wonders will never cease. <laughs> so yeah. basketball. Basketball was the main reason we wanted to get oh, you yeah. on. <laughs> that's right. That's what yep. we're talking about. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. So I had a chat. We sort of had a meeting um, Oh, over the last sort of week. We had our very big AGM meeting um, <laughs> and we've elected a new committee. So um, that's all sort of gone through. Um, and now we're just trying to find uh, a way forward to sort of bring basketball back back to the community how's that um, going to happen it is, is going to be very very hard if it's even allowed to go ahead um but we're just sort of we're putting a plan in place so if we do get that tick of approval that we can hit the ground running so mm. i think from sunday when premier andrews presents his roadmap to recovery which i think might confuse us all more than it will actually give us a roadmap. But anyway, one of the things that has been highlighted is a return to junior sports. So is it, are you making plans for juniors to come back before a senior competition? Yes. And like, oh, like the rest of Victoria, we are waiting on Sunday to sort of see where this map sort of points, points to what direction we're heading in. So we have made a, a few things. I will start it off by asking for junior names to sort of be put up um, so we can st- sort of start making a list, putting in the age groups and that um, going forward. Um, but at the moment, we're looking at um, just working with juniors. As you said, yeah, it's only a junior sort of thing at this stage. Um, we're sort of following the sort of COVID safe rulings and guidelines from Basketball Victoria and DHHS. But um, it's a whole 23-page document that's been sent to me from mm. uh, Basketball Victoria, mm. and uh, it's, it's not an easy read. I was going to say, especially, it'd be riveting reading, wouldn't it? Especially, especially with us dealing with one court here in, uh, in Robinvale, so we're sort of restricted to a certain, yeah. Um, but other than that, we're sort of, like I said, we're sort of planning something if we're allowed to go ahead. So um, we're looking at doing maybe with our, our court size, we're, only, we're in the category of only allowing 20 people in the stadium Per, per session mm-hmm. um so that's really limited us and, wow. and that's going to be including officials umpires coaches Inch? yeah yeah so if Ooh. games do come ahead um it's going to be seven each team with a coach two umpires and two officials that's it might have to go back to playing outdoors leon <laughs> we're, we're looking at those sort of things as well so yeah We'll prioritise our juniors because we can only work with them at the moment. Mm. Um, they've had a footy season that's gone up in dust, so we want to try mm. and give them something mm. to get out of the house and interact with other people other than on the screen at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Is there maybe scope, and I, again, it'll depend on Sunday night, and I think Sunday night's uh, roadmap to recovery will probably <laughs> outrate the block, but is there maybe thoughts around doing 
uh, a modified competition, like a three-on-three competition to then accommodate the people that you can have around the court and less of a bench or that kind of thing? At the moment, with the restrictions we have now, um, and hopefully they ch- do change Sunday, we're looking at starting like skill sessions. At the, at the moment, games can't go ahead. So skill sessions um, would be the way to go for now. Um, and we've put out for names for all, you'd call kids under 18s. Um, so 18 and under, mm. everyone chuck their name in, um, looking for expressions of interest. Um, and then once we sort of figure out where Sunday, what direction that heads us in, um, then we can sort of plan ahead. So other than taking names at the moment, that's all we're sort of we're doing and just trying to get through um, figuring out how we can go forward. Because we'd love love to give our kids here in Robinvale something to do. Mm-hmm. Even though we are focusing on the juniors at the moment and um, the seniors look looking likely to not have a competition at the moment. Look, I'd love to eat my words later on down the track, but likely not to happen at the moment. So... Can we have a skill session then too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look at like like you're under eighteen there, Charles. Yeah, yeah I was coming. <laughs> um, but then that also offers a great opportunity for for the seniors to sort of put their hand up to either become a coach or join the umpires. Um, yeah, join the to, umpires. We need just, more umpires. Just to give you something to do, um, other than yeah, just drop your kids off and then, I don't know, wait in the car park or run errands or something. Mm. It's going to be difficult to manage, isn't it, as far as that whole managing the crowd inside the stadium? I was just talking about it the other other night, and if games do go ahead, it's going to be uh, looking like to be running an hour and a half for one game. So they'd get – everyone's going to come in, sanitise, get ready, um, have your 20-minute half – five minutes uh, half-time break, 20 minutes again, then everyone out, cleaning session to come through, and then the next crew come in. Uh, It's going to be a nightmare. It's positive to know that there's planning taking place. Hopefully something can come of it. Yeah, for sure, especially with Sunday. I think everything's hanging in the balance of of Sunday and uh, what sort of projection they're going to give us going forward. Mm. Again, I think we'll be, we may end up, I'm hoping that regional Victoria will be opened up a lot more than it is now. And I know our MPs are working on that. I do fear, I do fear that we may end up more confused than we have been and more <laughs> frustrated. Charlie, were you? Well, the problem would be is uh, stopping people from Melbourne uh, and where we do have hotspots uh, coming this way. Mm. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. You can open us up the same as everyone else, but it's the, just we don't want people coming in. I know that sounds yeah. really bad, but... Yeah. It is. It is. Logically, you'd think you'd have your own sort of bubbles within Victoria as well, but yeah. how do you police that? That's going to be a hell of a nightmare. Yeah, that's it. How do you enforce, you know, there's only so many police resources, defence force resources. You know, we've got the Air Force yeah. on the bridge here now, particularly on, you know, border towns have got loads of resources just policing that. How are you going to police every road in Victoria Yeah, to stop people coming up? I mean, I'd, The main I'd, roads, the back roads. Yeah. Who knows? The dirt roads. I think the number plate scanners that they've been using deter people to a certain extent, but it's not foolproof. Yep. Yeah, so. for sure. Not hey, much, really. hey, yeah. congratulations. We haven't spoken to you 
since it was announced that you're going to be a dad again. Benji's oh, getting yeah, yeah oh, Benji's yeah, getting awesome. a sibling. Yeah. Congratulations! Thanks, Charles. Uh, we have another boy as well. So, oh, you know. I don't know whether my smile is allowed to get that little bit bigger, <laughs> but um, I'm happy. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> Did Meeks, was she fussed, whether it was a girl or a boy? I, I think we'll, we were both not real fussed if we had both. I'd, I would have been happy with a little girl as well, um, someone that actually loves me. So isn't it like meant to be sons love their mothers and dads get the little girl love? I, I don't know because I'm not really loved by my son at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I'm sure you are. You know, mum just takes preference every time he cracks the shits running to her and like, nah, get away from me, dad. So I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Right. I'm not looking forward to moving into a sort of new house and having two boys running around kicking and throwing balls and everything. But just means you don't get nice of- things until they're at least 18. <laughs> that's what I've learned. Don't even, even bother buying nice things. Does it even stop then? I work with 18-year-olds like this bloke here and there's still balls flinging around in the room in here. Yeah, but this is not his home. He's allowed to do it in there, surely. (laughs) (laughs) Noah, how are you coping? We've been wanting to talk to young people about how you're coping with the lack of interaction. And I suppose you're probably lucky in the fact that you have got the Clontarf room and Leon and Travis to interact with. But how are your peers coping with all of the restrictions is there like a heightened sense of disappointment with your senior years at school and not being able to do everything that you otherwise might have or worried about exams and that kind of thing yeah it's not the best having this going on in the last year of school a lot of other things we could be doing right now oh yeah you could be planning muck up day and your valedictory dinner and all that kind of stuff and you don't And I've been saying I really feel sorry for Year 12s this year because Year 12 was my favourite year of school. Yeah, the year of celebration is sort of taken taken from them. Yeah. All the 18th birthday, big birthday bashes you you got to go to. Um, Yeah, it's all sort of fizzled out a little bit this year because of restrictions. Yeah. I feel sorry for him. But, yeah, we're trying to make his world as fun as possible when he's in here with us. (laughs) <laughs> and how are you doing that, Leon? <laughs> Just through uh, positive male role modelship that we <laughs> offer here at the Rondell Contaf Academy. Nice. I like that. Uh, yeah, very good. good. All right, you two, thank you very much for your time today and making time for us. Leon, keep us updated on um, on what goes on with basketball and we might check in with you next week to see whether yep. that's any clearer, whether the pathway is any clearer. We'll do. Oh, just just while they we've had plenty of names um, streaming since we put our post up on our Facebook page, but um, yeah, still keen on getting the all the specifications sent through of kids' ages, um, names, and all that sort of stuff sent through. So jump on, have a look where you need to send it, and um, yeah, we'll take them all with open arms, and hopefully after Sunday we can head in a sort of positive direction. Mm. Is yeah, that Aussie hoops? Yeah, is that Aussie hoops age as well? So, uh, yeah, um, five years of age, between five and eight, I think, classes as Aussie hoops. Mm-hmm. Um, and then above, right up, we're going to push the juniors right out to 18-year-olds yep. just to get them interacting and doing some, some form of physical activity mm. just because they've had nothing over the last, I don't know, three, four months. Yeah. So any kids between the age of five and 18? Correct. Love it. Well, fingers crossed that can actually happen. And Charlie can become a coach. Yeah. Teach some of your skills. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs>
Uh, uh, oh, basketball ones. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a, it's a hard skill trying to be a a, a bulky centre throwing your weight yeah. around, mate. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard. It's a very <laughs> underrated position being a bulky, <laughs> tall <laughs> centre that yeah. can't shoot, and you're just there because of your sheer size. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> underrated position, Leon. I feel you both. I mm-hmm. feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. All right. Thanks very much for having us, guys. No worries. Yeah, no Thank worries. you. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Catch yeah. you. Uh, have a good one. Building a new home doesn't have to be stressful. It should be an experience you enjoy, that you can put all of your energy into, knowing that in the end, you'll be living in your dream home. At Fisher Developments, it is possible. In fact, anything is possible. Fisher Developments specialise in building beautiful homes to suit your family, style and budget but also taking into consideration your lifestyle. They have multiple residential developments in progress right now in numerous locations. But if you're looking for that specialist and personal touch to build your dream home, then it's worth giving Craig a call. Fisher Developments are HIA and Master Builders of Victoria members, so you can be sure you're getting only the finest workmanship. Don't stress, your perfect forever home is just a phone call away. But start with going to fisherdevelopments.com.au. Fisher Developments, developing dreams. fisherdevelopments.com.au. So next week is Are You OK Day on the 10th of September and we are doing a podcast live event, which is very exciting via the Robin Vale Euston Suicide Prevention Network, which Charlie is the chair of and Matt Newlands is a community ambassador for Are You OK? Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Thank you very much for the invite. Really happy to be here. So... Hey, how you going? I'm good. Thanks, Charlie. So being a community ambassador, what mm. exactly does that mean? Yeah, that's actually a good question and one that happens a, a, a bit. So a community ambassador is, there's, I think, around about a 90 to 100 of us around Australia. We're volunteers embedded within the community that are really out looking to champion the RUAK cause. So that gives, I guess, us a responsibility to um, really uh, to take the lead in the community around having some conversations with people about their well-being and also help educating workplaces, organisations, schools, uh, podcasts around maybe giving people a little bit more confidence in asking, you know, what can be quite a difficult conversation and a, and a difficult question maybe for some as well. Mm. So how did you get involved in Are You OK? Give us a bit of your backstory because it's quite an interesting one I've been reading. <laughs> it is a bit interesting for, for some. Um, so I spent most of my working uh, career in the police. So I was a police officer with, with South Australia Police from 2006 until 2016. Now, 2015 was quite a difficult year for me. I had a lot of personal mental health challenges. Uh, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress and depression during that year and I um, really struggled with a lot of my own my own inner, um, inner demons, if you like, and trying to, I guess, become more aware of them and then also what it is that I could uh, do to maybe learn to live with them as well, overcome them. Um, so 2016 was a bit of a turning point for me. I started to really take um, things back into my own hands and, and looking to try to develop myself and um, focus on some of those challenges. And as I did that, I learned a few things along the way, a few, I guess, self-care strategies that worked for me. And then I wanted to look at seeing if I could share those with other people. Um, 
I was aware of Are You OK? My cousin is actually a community ambassador in Sydney as well. And so I was talking with her and she then connected me in with uh, some of the management team for Are You OK? And I'd, I just said, look, I don't know if I'm the right person, if I'm the right fit, but I've got a story that I'm, I guess, prepared to share and some lessons that I've learned as well. And and um, I'd really like to, to be involved. So they were happy uh, to, to bring me into the mix. And um, here we are. Yeah. Pretty, are. pretty gutsy because I suppose getting up there talking in front of a lot of people about, well, your emotions, mm. not the easiest thing to do. No, you're right. And I think as well, coming from a, like a service culture as well, like I guess working as a police officer and, and that being the story, I think often there can be a, um, a belief that, you know, the police and, and certainly other emergency services like the AMBOs and fireys and the military um, are a different type of person maybe and might be perceived as stronger or more resilient than maybe some other people in the community. So for um, a, someone from a service culture to say, hey, look, I'm, I really do not coping so well and um, step into that space talking about feelings and emotions is not always that common, particularly in a public forum as well. Do you think what, it's becoming... Sorry, Charlie. Do you think it's becoming more common, though, particularly with members of the police, regardless of state or location, to say, look, PTSD is a real issue for us mm-hmm. and this is, you know, we're human too and this is what's happening after we've been on the job for a while? I think there is a, a, a shift in that direction, absolutely, Jade. Um, I'm obviously not fully aware of the other states, but certainly here in South Australia, there feels like there's more people that are now opening up about it. And it, I'm not sure if that's maybe just my perception, uh, maybe because I'm not in the job anymore. People feel a little bit more comfortable to come and talk to me without fear of it um, sort of getting out to other people maybe. I'm not so sure. But I think generally as a community, you know, we've got Are You OK Day as well that's come around and, and we are all about it's not just one day of the year. And so that's a really strong message that we're trying to put out there. I think generally speaking, the community are now starting to talk more openly and more freely about what's going on for for ourselves on a you know when it comes to our mental well-being. Hey, um, Matt, is <laughs> do you know if uh, like the SA coppers? Because I know with um, Ambulance Victoria, we have a really good support network now. But do you know if the coppers have that kind of uh, so, like? Do they have? Uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're having problems, do they have their internal stuff or is it just kind of outsourced? Yeah, no, there, there is obviously internal processes. Um, I think there's always room for improvement when it comes to what resources are available for, I guess, probably really for any organisation, particularly those in, in the service space where maybe their exposure to uh, more rather more traumatic events is much higher than uh, maybe some other industries and some other positions. But Look, there's, there are a couple of things in place. There's always room for more of that. There's a couple of external agencies. I, I volunteer also with an organisation back here called The Road Home, which um, focuses on the mental well-being of first responders. So that includes all emergency services and um, military personnel as well. So spending a fair bit of time with them and they are really trying to champion the cause of improvement in um, all of the emergency services spaces. I suppose that's where are you okay? Are you okay day and the whole message around just having a conversation is really important though, isn't it? Because mm. you know, we'd we'd like to think that we could live in a world where we might not always need a an external agency, that we have a person that will, 
you know, check in on us every now and then and say, hey, are you okay? You seem a little bit off. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that's, that's really like the underlying message around are you okay, isn't it? Is that we're all capable of being someone's level of intervention, whatever that might look like. And are you okay really sits down the, like the other end of the spectrum that's not in a crisis space. And I think that, you know, that's a really wise place to start with because if we can potentially prevent people from experiencing some level of emotional distress or crisis, then, um, you know, that surely that's a good thing. Prevention, I think, is always better than, than cure in that space. So the are you okay message really is about trying to empower just everyday people that are moving around that know people in their own community and feel confident to be able to reach out to each other and mm. check in and have a conversation and make it a, a normal thing so that it's not a taboo topic. Mm. Getting, getting back to uh, when, when you were going through all this with the, when you were at work, um, what, what helped you the most like in your recovery and how, how long did you say it took to, yeah, to so get back to a period where you weren't, you know, in that frame of mind? Sure. I think the, the critical turning point, which I think is why I attach or I align myself so closely to the Are You OK message, is, was conversations with two key friends in particular. Um, it was when I was in a space that I was really struggling to find reason or value to continue living. And um, that was a really quite a difficult time for me. And it was just ex- I guess having to know that there was a couple of people there that I could talk to about some of this stuff. Now we're talking quite extremes in that in that regard, but um, it didn't really take a great deal of time to be able to get through the other side once it was that I had a support network in place for me. So I think any challenge can be overcome simply by bringing more people into into play that are all working together mm-hmm. to try to achieve that desired outcome. So there's really no different. So by putting a community of care in place for me, that made it quite easy then to, I guess, feel supported as I went through the the journey of speaking to other people. And in my case, it did involve um, some professionals, um, you know, like psychologists and that sort of thing, but that's not always necessary either. So in regards to timeframe, it's probably a difficult question to answer because I think that there's it's an evolving thing. It's a living thing. So it's not like there's a, there's a, a day in which it just goes, right, that's it. I'm cured. And now I'm, I'm all good and, and able to just live life maybe differently to how I was. Um, it's just recognizing that it's something that I am now living with and, and that's okay. I can still thrive and prosper in life uh, despite having some challenges. So only this morning I was walking down the beach with a couple of friends just it's quite a casual conversation, but it's a regular thing. And the purpose of that is for all of us to just check in with each other. And then we quick dip in the ocean and then we're off into our day. So, yeah. Quick dip in the ocean. Was it cold? Yeah. You're in Adelaide. Was it cold? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's freezing. Look, don't get me wrong. Summer's much easier. <laughs> but, um, there's, there's something, I think there's something about, you know, like for me, that is one of my self-care strategies. It's quite a grounding process to get into the, the cold ocean particularly when it's raining or the the sea is quite rough and yeah just a, a you know quickly get in and you quickly get out but it's just a just a reminder of um you know some of those intense emotions that you can feel physically as well so yeah yeah I've actually heard that from um so Luke who's doing the 42k at the moment had went through a similar experience with ice bathing and it's that same sort of cold, um, that cold water having to control himself and the breathing and his coach 
sort of used an analogy that it was like dealing with anxiety and just focus on what's happening right now and breathe mm. through it. And I, I found that really quite interesting. So um, perhaps yeah, I think there's a, there's a really strong connection between like the like physical and emotional distress. So when being able to replicate it physically, it is an ability, I think, still to be able to connect in with the emotions that come with that. And don't get me wrong, like walking down the beach, like while we're having a conversation, there's that little voice in the back of your head saying, why are you doing this? Like, you know what's coming. And it, and it does start to have that. Is there, is there a way in which I can tell them maybe I'm not getting in the ocean this morning? <laughs> you know, just try, maybe today's the day that I just don't need to do this anymore. Um, but but it's that voice then is very quiet after we get out of the ocean and shown, I guess, or convinced my brain that I did survive. It was just a, I was cold for a little bit, you know, that's okay. You know, it's an important point, isn't it? To recognize, a recognize that there's something wrong, but also recognize that there doesn't come a point where you're not magically cured all of a sudden. And it is a case of managing your emotions and managing to live with it and live alongside it, I suppose. Yeah, there- yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think, um, you know, self-care is something that is, is a term that's used quite regularly. And so for me, self-care is really around self-awareness. It's um, self-care is not always the things that you might like to do. Like, so going in the ocean, there's not a great deal of comfort in that, but I know that it has some significant benefits for me. So when I talk about self-care, that is one of the strategies and it's about, yeah, just that awareness then of what's going on for me and knowing that I've been in a similar position before and I've now got learnt some strategies of how to overcome some of those thoughts, maybe even, you know, having a conversation with the guys at the time saying, man, it's really cold this morning. You know, now it's a shared experience, isn't it? And it doesn't feel that bad because we're all cold. So, yeah. no. <laughs> we're all shivering. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's not just mine to carry now. And I think, again, that comes back to the AUOK message, isn't it, is that sometimes we can all be carrying our own stuff but by having a conversation with another, that's, that can be a way of just maybe putting some of that down just for, for a moment. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were in um, the South Australian Police Force, did you know, when you started having these feelings, did you know that it was something external? Had there been a, a specific event that happened or mm-hmm. did you struggle with feeling something that you perhaps hadn't felt before and identifying what it was? Yeah, and that's, a, that's another really good question. I think in that environment, because there is such a, um, an exposure to traumatic events quite regularly, that there's, there's a lot to be said about just the accumulation of that and I guess the next expectation of being able to shut off emotion so that you can actually get through and get the job done. So that can be then also really hard to turn back on again so that you're able to check in, so that I was able to check in with myself to find out what was really happening for me. I did. I ended up losing a friend to suicide. Uh, he was a colleague as well. Um, and so that was, I guess, been identified as a catalyst for some of the post-traumatic stress being on duty and, and working through that. Um, but like I said, it's hard to kind of really isolate down as to what might have been a critical moment. Rather, it's, it's more to be said. I think it makes more sense to say it was an accumulation of things. And in fairness, when I look back, I don't think that I was really acknowledging any of the experiences that I was going through because I couldn't, be, that doesn't serve the job all that well. Um, it's not to say that you can't have, you know, well-adjusted emergency services personnel who are able to check in and recognise that, hey, that was actually quite a traumatic experience. 
maybe we should talk about that with someone, colleagues externally, whatever. It is a it is a possibility to to do that. Um, it's just something that I didn't do and didn't do it very well. Charlie, do you do that? You're a first responder. Do you check in with yourself regularly? Reg- regularly, wow. Regularly. That'd, that'd <laughs> Struggle would be worse. Yeah. Do, um, you, do you have strategies like that to help you cope with the stuff that you see and do? Yeah. So as soon as we go to a job that's uh, probably not the best job, uh, we do get peer support calling us like within that day kind of thing. Um, and also we have uh, the, like we have different programs where well, I do one. I do the SMART program and that's just simply you go and see someone, you check in once a year. But obviously, if you want, you can go, uh, I think it's up to like eight sessions a year. Mm. Uh, and it depends. Mm. And, it's, and it is, again, up to you. But also, you'd hope that um, your colleagues would identify it and you know, kind of uh, point you in the right direction. And that's what we do rely on a lot too. We do look out for ourselves. Mm. Well, I think that's a, that's a really important point you bring up, Charlie, is around that recognising it in another. And again, you know, that's, it's um, the best people that are able to recognise maybe when someone is struggling are those that are in, that know them best. So it could be a colleague, it could be, a, you know, a family member, it could be a friend, it could be the person at the, you know, the local bakery that you get your coffee from each morning um, that does know you. Like it's, it's, going to be difficult for me maybe to recognize uh, some slight changes in say you Jade or you Charlie because you know we've only just met but for those that are important in your life um, it might be easier for them to go well that doesn't quite seem like Charlie would he wouldn't normally say that mm. he wouldn't normally maybe look like that you know maybe he's you know, not tiny shoelaces anymore and just because he can't be can't be stuffed have a shave, have a shave <laughs> you know it's it's all of those little things isn't it that someone else might look at and go hmm, something might be off and about then trying to have that conversation you know hey charlie i've noticed this yeah, yeah I, I don't know i don't know if it's the same with the coppers but um with us and especially in uh a branch like Wildura, where i am you, you do know everyone and you spend a lot of time with with each other so mm. you know if someone's walked in and they're not their chirpy self like and yeah. they might just be having an off day but if that continues obviously you'd you'd want to be pointing them in the yeah. right direction or even ask them a question Are yeah you okay? that's right yeah and i think even just some of those off days you put a few off days together all of a sudden you've got an off week and you've got an off month don't you so it, i guess again you know the are you okay message is really around like the we're trying to encourage an, an environment or a society and where just having that question to say, hey, you don't, just don't really quite see yourself today and that's okay. You might just be saying, yeah, you know what, I didn't get a good night's sleep. But the more we do those things, it one day might be something a little bit more than that. It could be, yeah, you know, I've like lost my job or having difficulties at home or whatever the case might be. And so if we can keep those conversations like back before it becomes crisis or distress, and we normalise those conversations, then it does allow space for hopefully people to feel like they can open up maybe when things aren't think, going so well. I think it's harder, like especially in rural areas, um, because, well, we are isolated. And if you look at people that are out on farms and stuff like that, they mightn't even see anyone for a couple of weeks that would even pick up on saying, look, are you any, are you any different than what you normally would? Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a really really good point. And you know, we start talking about isolation. Like, I've I've not been a farmer, and I've certainly not lived in a regional location. So, in no way am I the expert. But 
I can imagine the isolation that would come with that. You know, we talk about even the COVID restrictions as well that have come into place recently. We've now got collectively as a society or as a, as a community, we're starting to experience isolation in a broader sense. Um, and, it, and I think people are starting to get a bit of an understanding as to the impact that that can have. You know, humans aren't, we, we are a pack animal. We're not designed to be on our own um, for extended periods of time. And um, so I, I can only imagine you know, for, a, like you say, a farmer who might be two or three weeks between seeing people, you know, what resources are there? Is is it platforms like this? Is it phone calls? Is it, you know, the, I, I don't know, you know, like there's, yeah. there's so many options, um, I guess, that could be utilised, mm. but whether or not they're available is the question. Well, that's it. And we struggle with a lot of services here. But Charlie, when Luke was doing the 42K uh, running group on a Saturday morning, the longer that went on, the more we'd see some of those farmers that might not otherwise, particularly given the state of play at the moment, we, we'd see some of those farmers come in just to go for a walk and just, you know, bring the kids in. It, gave, it, it, it gives people an excuse to come in and to socialise a little bit and to see other people and just have a chat and have a coffee in the morning. And that was, even though it's a really small thing and it seems like a a very small token effort by the people that come, it means so much to someone like Luke who's been trying to get this message out just to have a conversation. Um, You know, that small token effort is actually a really big gesture. Um, Mm. Well, I think the same same analogy could almost be used in a a workplace as well. You know, some of those conversations around, you know, that old water cooler or around the coffee machine maybe in the morning, you can't underestimate the impact that, that conversation might have on someone else. Mm. So you might not know that that could be the only time that person is actually having an interaction with another with another human. They might go back to their cubicle and sit in front of a in front of a computer for the next you know ten hours and then go home maybe to you know just living on their own. And it could be just that interaction. It could be just that coffee in the morning on that right just before the run. That could be the only yeah. time that they are checking in with someone. So the impact of that on another person, it can be huge and can't be underestimated. Mm, that's exactly right. No. Oh, Jade, you know um, mm. the Resilience Project thing that yes. you've done? Yes. And I've done it the time. Yes. Uh, one, of those, uh, one of the days it was like text someone uh, you haven't talked to in a long time just to check in with them. Kind yep. of thing. Mm. Uh, and I did that and I got a really good reply from someone that, uh, well, not in the area at the moment, but he lives in Melbourne. Uh, and we had a really good conversation and then he was someone that was struggling. And I think it's one of those things that just check in, write yeah. a question, how you go, kind of thing. Yeah. thing. It's just amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And I had the same experience with friends from a former life ago that I probably haven't spoken to either of them. We're a very close-knit group of three, our own wolf pack, um, but, <laughs> you know, have gone off and lived our own lives and had our own families and haven't seen each other all together for 10 years. And you send a message like that and all of a sudden, yeah, actually, and then and then you start to offload some of the, those things that have happened over the last 10 years and you realise that, oh, gosh, I kind of felt guilty in a way because a lot of traumatic things had happened and I hadn't been aware of just because, you know, you hadn't checked in. So I think that's that's a really good message as well. Just every now and then, someone that you haven't spoken to for a while, just send them a text message. It's not hard. It takes about 30 seconds. The technology's there. Mm. Like, it's not that hard just to write a quick text message. uh, What's what's up? Like, you don't even have to ask, are you okay? It's just, (laughs) how you been? (laughs) And that comes back to the, the are you okay message is, you know, for a long time it was, 
creating a conversation and a conversation mm. can save a life. But there's a lot more after now. And we see a lot of that in the Are You OK messaging about after you've asked, are you OK, mm. what then? So what's your yeah, advice? Yeah. What then? Yeah, well, that's right. Well, I think the campaign for this year is there is more to say after Are You OK, like you said. And I think you both kind of touched on the fact that when reaching out to your friends, it's then created this environment or this space where people have started to explain all this stuff that's going on. And that can then sometimes be filled with a bit of judgment on yourself to say, man, I should have checked in ages ago. But asking the question is a big one. Listening is is critical. And when we talk about listening, it's not around, like, I guess, listening for the for the intent or purpose of trying to fix things or to respond or to, you know, come up with some sort of um, solution. It's listening just with the intent to actually allow that person to be heard. Um, I think sometimes there can be a fear of asking the question because then it's a fear of maybe then having to take responsibility of what's going on for that person and then trying to help them find, you know, or come up with the solutions to how to overcome this. So listening is really important just to be able to create some space for them. The next step is really around encouraging action. And that, in, that action could be something as simple as, like, is this working? Is this conversation on a regular basis? Maybe we get a coffee before we do the 42K. Mm. Or can, we can just start a little bit earlier and then we'll do the walk together. And that could be the action. Mm. The action could be, though, I guess at the other end of the spectrum is, you know, have you spoken to your partner about it? Have you spoken to your doctor about it? You know, and then maybe creating um, space to, for them to explore a plan that they might like to actually go a journey that they might like to go down um, and then we start talking about checking in with them as well so it's one thing to come up with a plan it's another thing for them to feel like they're supported in the process as well and also like guess some level of accountability there too you know sometimes that might be all the person needs is you know if I know that Charlie's going to check in with me next week he's likely going to say hey did you call the doctor or did you speak to your boss or did you speak to your wife or um, and you know that it's not a space and I'm going shit I need to avoid Charlie now forever because I didn't do that thing but um, that's the importance of that person who is, is listening to go you know what if you choose not to or this week's not the right week or you know today's not the right day that's okay I'm still here but it's important for you to know that I am still here and that I'm going to make a conscious decision to keep checking in with you um, so yeah there's, there is a lot more after the are you okay question um, and I guess it's it's one of those things that you know are you are you ready for the response is probably the, the thing that we would then say. Yeah, and being ready for the response, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it may not be the response that you anticipate and yeah. being armed with with the, the knowledge of what to say. And there's a lot of resources on the Are You OK website for things like that, isn't there? Yeah, there really is. And I think, in you know, not only has Are You OK got some resources, but there's also some other powerful resources out there as well, like Lifeline and Beyond Blue. Um, you know, and then there's likely maybe some localised resources as well. So, you know, for the people that are listening, it might pay just to jump on Google and just be aware of like maybe some phone support services that are around. I know there's certainly a few more of those since COVID. Um, so that you do, I guess, have somewhere to go if someone says, look, I'm not sure like how to navigate this problem X that I'm experiencing um, so that they might say, all right, well, here's some suggestions to any of them sound like they might work for you. So the important thing is, I guess, it's it's not your responsibility. If I ask you, Jade, how you're going, what you say next is not necessarily my responsibility to fix for you. Yeah. It's about just stepping in and going, you know what, Jade, I'm going to help as well. Like, let's just navigate this together. And I'm sure between the two of us and maybe there's, you know, a couple of other people that might get involved, um, yeah, we can work through this. Mm. 
And then uh, the Rumbal Suicide Network Prevention well website and Facebook page has got well all those uh, yep. uh, links where if you well if you want to be finding find help for someone uh, mm-hmm. go there have a look. There's uh, a lot of links there. Yeah, there's a lot of links yeah. there. Mess- text, me- text messaging services. There's uh, yeah hotlines, counsellors. <laughs> People need to remember too. Um, y- you mightn't get any joy out of one of them, but Try the next one. Mm. Like, exactly they're right. all they offer diff- something different, but uh, yeah, try the next one. Try all the next one after that. Mm-hmm. And they say the same with counsellors. If if you go and see a counsellor or a psychiatrist or anyone that's that kind of help, you might get any joy out of the first one, but go to another one. That's yeah. right. It's it's a you know we we do it with mechanics and hairdressers, and you know we go to one and we don't like it. We still we go find another one, don't we? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know if you're reaching out into the the space of mental health or looking for an expert or a specialist or even I guess just a little bit of extra support. It's not to say the first one you call or maybe the third one you call is going to be the right one for you, but I can assure you that yeah. there's there is one out there. The other yeah. thing that I've found really handy and tasty are these Are You Okay <laughs> Byron Bay cookies that I all ordered from the website last week. And they yeah. are tasty, but again, the metaphor around it about just having a cuppa, which is what we're doing mm-hmm. next week with the virtual cuppa live event and a bicky mm-hmm. is, you know, you might not even have to say anything if you give that to someone and it's got, are you okay? That might be enough to yeah. start that conversation. Exactly right. I think there's there's so That's much power right. in just sharing space with, with someone else. And like you, you both shared your own experiences about just messaging or just texting or just asking a question and then the stuff that comes forward, um, you know, it's sometimes that we get caught up, I guess, in maybe some of the negative stuff that might come as well. But this is also the same conversation that's used to to share celebrations and victories in each other's life as well. So, you know, I might say to you, Charlie, are you okay, mate? Yeah, I've just been promoted. You know, like it's it's really no different. Mm. (laughs) So, well, no, I might have just lost my job. How is that any different? Like neither is my responsibility to fix or to do. One, I celebrate with you and one, I'm happy to step into maybe some of that darkness with you as well. So, mm. Yeah, that's a really important message. Mm. So the Are You OK virtual cuppa live podcast is next Thursday from 7pm till 9pm-ish. I pay for Zoom to be unlimited so we can go for as long as we want. But we've got um, Nikki Griffith. We were going to expose all of our guests this week. So Nikki Griffith, who is a local, um, she's going to be sharing her lived experience. We've got Tommy Lister, uh, who we've heard from on this podcast a few times before, and he loves a good yarn and a cuppa, so he'll be on as well. And we've also got uh, former AFL legend Nathan Burke coming on to share his experience, which is... A phenomenal get. I haven't been able to get onto him this week, so I hope he's still right. But <laughs> he remembers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've sent him the link, so hopefully he does. Matt, thank you so much for the work that you're doing with Are You Okay. It's such an important, um, an important charity, and the message that they've been very successful in getting out there. So, thank you for sharing your story today and uh, making yourself available. We really appreciate it. Not a problem at all. You're very welcome. And yeah, thank you both for what you're doing and also for your community as well for getting behind it. It's really important and everybody pays, plays a big partner. Yeah. Are you still in Adelaide, Matt? I am still in Adelaide, yeah, just south of Adelaide at the moment. Once the border's open, you should uh, make a trip to Rumba. I was only looking at the map this morning. I was like, you know what, I could bring the family up here to visit and say g'day. That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'd be good. If you'll let me cross the border. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, you can come into Victoria. Just back. <laughs> exactly. I just can't go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Not ready to make the move there just yet. Yeah. <laughs> Victorians yeah. are fine with people coming here. It's everybody yeah. else that's ostracized <laughs> Victoria from the rest yeah. of the country. Yeah. That's and that- the lepers. 
Yeah, and that, yeah. that's okay. What's the weather like in Adelaide today? So the weather today, I think, is probably around 13 degrees, a bit windy. It's rained already as well. So, yeah, huh. I did. I missed the rain when we were down the beach this morning, which was good, but it's um, it's given us a bit of a downpour uh, so far. We yeah. don't mind rain around here. The blossoms have just about gone off the almonds and the cockies will be ha- probably happy with a bit more rain, but 13 yeah. degrees, which will probably be over the weekend, that's probably a good yeah. excuse to stay in and watch a movie, I reckon. Sounds wise, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time today. You're very welcome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. When you're running a small business, there's nothing small about it at all. And right now, you've probably got lots on your mind. But you don't have to worry about your Ford because your regional Ford dealer is still open and ready to help. With strict health and safety measures in place, whether you need a new car, parts or service, So to keep your business moving, visit forward.com.au. Check out the website, pioneerford.com.au. Hey, um, you had a dentist appointment. Yeah, at 2, not (laughs) 2.30. Wow. Hey, dad joke. Have you got a dad joke? That was it. Oh, no, yes. I know what you're talking about. I think all my jokes are dad jokes, though. Yeah, you're dead right. They are. Because I think they're hilarious, but not everyone does. Well, Pioneer Ford are drawing the winner oh, yeah, of the, I saw some of those. Yeah, the DeLonghi Nespresso coffee machine today that Cardboard Charlie is <laughs> giving away. Oh. Uh, who is the young child that's deciding? Cameron. <laughs> Cameron may be Peyton. It will it oh. will depend because you know five year olds can be moody. <laughs> so whether yeah. or not they want to be, they want to sit through a list well, of if, jokes. Yeah, if they want to be entertained. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. uh, wait, I'm just looking. What are there's some jokes on there already, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot. There's two posts now on Facebook that that anyone could have commented on. There was quite a few. You know the the regular ones. Um, I think Rebel put how do you make a tissue dance put a boogie in it and that's still a favourite with kids. They love that because Yeah, you know, it's funny. Yeah, gross ones and fart jokes tend to rate really well with yeah. kids. But you can enter up until eleven oh, o'clock, I think. I like Jack's. What was Jack's? Uh what card does Tarzan drive? A Mazda tree two tree. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> not Although, really good for a four. I was gonna say uh, maybe not for Pioneer Ford. <laughs> yeah. But there was a few good ones on there. Oh Mark, Mark Zap. Gets an honourable mention here. Yeah. Uh, why did the golfer bring two pairs of pants? Just in case he's got a hole in one. Ha-ha. That's good. Yeah, that's good. There was yeah. another one, what's brown and sticky? A stick. Yeah. That's that's one of my favourites. What's invisible and smells like camera, uh, carrots? That's Cameron's joke. Now, he can't win, but he thought it was pretty <laughs> funny. What's orange and smells like carrots, Charlie? A carrot? Bunny farts. Oh, Obviously, that's going to rate well with five-year-old boys. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no, Rebels has got another good one. What's the definition of a surprise? What? A fart with a lump in it. <laughs> good on you, Rebel. That one was good. I, like I actually that quite like that. That would probably be my pick if I was judging, but I'm not. So, yeah. yeah. Are you, are it's you, Father's Day this weekend. It is we, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Do you want to send your dad oh, a like yeah. bespoke Father's Day message? Happy Father's Day, Dad. Wow. The emotion yeah. is overwhelming. <laughs> I'm starting to tear up. 
I would like to wish the father of my children. And I know the argument on Mother's Day, and I know Donnie brought this up at Mother's Day, oh, she's not my mother. No, that's true. But I'd like to wish Luke a very happy Father's Day. What about your own father? Yeah, my own father. I don't. I think he actually does listen to this podcast, to be honest. I think he's quite sly and listens to it. So I'd like to wish my dad a happy Father's Day as well. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, but does Luke listen to this? Of course he does. Oh, good. Sometimes. When you run, maybe? I can't. I can't listen to podcasts while I run. I need a beat and yeah, no, it needs it, to be. It slows you down, doesn't it? I don't think I can slow. If I slowed down any more, I'd be crawling. <laughs> but I need. No, but I even find that when I'm walking. If I listen to a podcast when I'm walking around, I'll just be, you know, leisurely walking around. Yes. Yeah. Get yeah. music, get the beats up. Yeah, and depending on how fast that music is, the faster you run. If it's got more beats per minute, the more steps per minute you do. Yeah. If it's slow, then you slow down. Yeah. Absolutely, I subscribe to that feeling. Right, next week is going to be very Thursday. exciting. It's live, yeah, yeah. from 7 is p.m. A, uh, well, we'll have to talk about this later, but is it live on stream from the rest network? page or from just it will be no from the website so when you buy a ticket you will get a private link that's what that's kind of the benefit of buying a ticket so you get to watch it as well buy a ticket yeah and our patrons will get to watch it as well later on nice so there you go that's good yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) what else have you got to report charlie uh not a great deal Hmm. Um, I can't even remember. What did we do last week? Played golf. Oh, yes. You played golf on your own? No, we can go with two people. Oh, can you? Oh, so yeah. two people at a time. But you can't have carts, can you? Or you can't... You didn't have a cart. Oh, you walked. Yeah, so Sorry, you can't have a cart. Uh, we should get Nick back on. Mm. You can't have a cart, but you can play golf. And I think it's only two people, but there may have been in other groups... More than two people. Mm. Actually, I've come up. You know how Mick was talking about um, a little while ago. I'm going to turn the outro out and we'll come back to that. Um, You know how Mick was on a few weeks ago and was talking about the water issue that the golf club. So I've come up. I I don't think it's a solution, but I had a word to Ann Webster last week about getting – Clubs like, yeah, about the clubs like the golf club, like the tennis club, like all sorts of clubs around the state that have been forced to shut down because of restrictions, Mm. getting some access to the carryover from the Chew. Um, I've actually decided to put that in as a notice of motion to council at the next meeting, which will read, I'll put it up. I also have a um, a councillor website coming up to elections, Charlie. Make sure everyone's enrolled to vote. Don't roll your eyes at me, (laughs) but I'll put it up there because it's quite lengthy in wording, but essentially the essence of it is that Swan Hill Council write to every other regional council in Victoria and along the New South Wales border to write to the Morrison government and the Minister for Water and the Commonwealth Environmental Holder requesting they release some of that carryover um, to go to these clubs. I am hopeful that something yeah, may come of that. The tennis club's looking a bit uh, a bit dry, don't dry. they? Past it, aren't they? Same thing. If they haven't got, if they haven't got cash flow, how are they going to buy water? Yeah, Uh, it's one of those things. So uh, fingers crossed that something comes of that. But that will go in as an official notice of motion at the September council meeting. Wow! Last one before elections. Last one before like before we go into caretaker mode. Yes, and elections are on the twenty fourth of November. Sorry, twenty fourth of October. Please make sure that your 
um, electoral roll details are up to date and you can do that on the VEC website, vec.gov.vic.gov. When, um, when do they send the things out? Last week of, sorry, middle week of October. Oh, yeah. I will put up a timeline on my website and Facebook page. Please try to make up your mind who you're going to vote for. <laughs> Don't be smart. A reminder that this is a Clear Eyes new media production and not in any way affiliated with this one who rules it at council. Oh, P.S. Are you losing weight? No. Oh. You're looking very well. Oh, you know me. Eating well. <laughs> Not Thanks for listening to the Vale podcast, driven by Pioneer Ford, Robin Vale. It's worth the drive. Remember to support our sponsors and shop local. Subscribe at thevalepodcast.com.au.